Mitchell Weatherall. Mitch, what's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Same old. How about you? Uh, not bad. You know, there's certainly been a lot of interesting rumors in Leafland, and that's why uh, you know we gathered here today to talk about today's episode. Is Patrick Kane really going to become a Toronto Maple Leaf? No. I, <laughs> no. Well, it, I, is, it is no. crazy. Like, I, I can't believe the yeah, outs of talks. Would it be cool? I just I don't know where he fits in. Like I, I don't think they need. All right. Well, let's let's start off with how these rumors started. There's a lot of talk coming out of Chicago that Patrick Kane and his agents are still unsure of if Patrick Kane will request a trade. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk right now that the Leafs are one of the three teams potentially. There is the New York Rangers in there, and of course the Buffalo Sabers. Um, you know, he's in his last year. Of his contract with the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that looks like they're ready to start rebuilding. He's making a pretty hefty contract, still very hefty cap hit. Um, definitely something that we cannot afford here in Leafland right away without having some fun and some movements of players. But, um, you know, Patrick Kane, very talented player. Mitch, let's start. So, you know, this is all just theory. Let's just get that out of the way first. But Patrick Kane here in Toronto. Would you like that? Like, just off perspective. Yeah, how would you I like would that? like that. I would like Kane in Toronto, but will he fit in? No, he's not going to fit in. I will take Patrick Kane on Toronto. That's even more experience they got on this team. And putting Kane and Matthews on a line, the two Americans, I just that's that's good chemistry there. So I just, I yeah, I'd like to see it, but I just don't think realistically it's not going to happen. So, well, you know, like. It's tough because a player like Patrick Kane, you know, very, very talented player, you know, one of the best players of the decade. You know, he, he's got that relationship with Matthews. Obviously, it's hard to tell because we haven't really seen the, you know, international breaks and how close these two arguably best American players of all time can be uh, and how close the relationship is. But remember, there was an article coming out around the All-Star game last year um, that Patrick Kane said it sucks that he doesn't get to play with Austin Matthews or something like that. It's not a direct quote. I'm just remembering off the top of my head. But I remember that article coming out. And Patrick Kane, I feel like, would be a real nice fit here with this team. He's a guy that we know next year would potentially take a, a cap hit at a reduced price. Would definitely take a pay cut to stay here in Toronto if they did give up the assets. Toronto has the assets to acquire a guy like Patrick Kane. And right now you look at the trajectory of this Leafs team window. I think I might be comfortable giving up. I guess you're going to have to give up the farm in this aspect because there's a lot of teams out there that could potentially be in this race. I think Toronto is a very underrated place because people look and they're like, oh, they cap hit. No, they can't. No, no, not Toronto. How are they going to make it work? But, guys, the cap hit is almost a myth at this point, right? Like, there's so many ways you can get out of it. You can trade salaries. You, you know, we've seen it so much, especially here in Toronto. There's ways to work around it. The money, to me, is not the problem. It'd be potentially moving players in a trade. And Mitch, I'm just going to ask you here, you know, to start off, since we're trying to make this sound as realistic as possible, 
Would you trade William Nylander for Patrick Kane? Oh, straight up? No, no, like just in a package for Patrick Kane. That included Nylander and perhaps maybe a first-round pick or something. It's hard. Uh, Kane, I don't know. that. Like, Kane brings a lot to the table, but he's getting older now. and I don't know. I really like Willie in Toronto, so... I mean, it's Kane. He's probably been one of the best players of this generation. So if that arise, I'd have to say yes. If that, I would definitely trade Nylander for Kane. Kane's got three Stanley Cups. He's got a lot of experience. He's probably, he's been one of the best wingers in this league since he's been drafted. And he, like, he's got amazing hands. He's got a good shot. And just, I... I just can't imagine him and Matthews on a line. Like, I guess I'd do anything to make that happen. Both those two American players on the same line would be awesome. So, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd love to actually see that happen. I think I would trade Nylander for him. Yeah, well, for sure, it would definitely take a lot more than, you know, that trade to happen. I don't think it would be a one-for-one. One. But you look at Chicago right now, they're clearly blowing it up uh, as they go all in for Connor Bedard sweepstakes. But... You know, Patrick Kane, left-hand shot, plays the right-wing side. You automatically slide him up with that, you know, I guess awesome Matthews for this aspect. He plays with Matthews on the top line with Bunting. You drop Marner with Tavares. You kind of get them uh, back together. That th- that bottom six might look a little weaker than what I want it to be. I kind of want Nylander on that third line for next year. But right now, you trade Patrick Kane to Chicago. I do think there is a world where you could land Patrick Kane without giving up William Nylander. And I know listeners that are making those crazy faces right now, like, whoa, 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 are you talking about Marner or Tavar? No, no, not talking about any of the core, really. But perhaps moving a prospect package. Leafs have some very highly touted prospects. We know Chicago was shown interest in a, in a guy like Matthew Nice before at last year's deadline when Kyle Davidson leaked that news out himself, or no, sorry, Kyle Davidson's camp leaked that news out um, that there was supposed to be a trade close with the Leafs. Now, Matthew Nye's very talented forward. If you're getting Patrick Kane, though, like, obviously, you're going to have to make the money work. I think Chicago would have to retain at least 50%, or you trade with a third team and make a three-way trade. But in a world where Toronto gives up a Matthew Nye's, perhaps a Rasmus Sandin, and maybe their first round pick next year in a three week a three team trade, you know, perhaps that could get the job done. Obviously, Patrick Kane, the market for him is going to be astronomical. So you're going to have tons of teams in there. From what I've heard, keep an eye out on Columbus. All jokes aside, um, you know, I don't know how much stock to put into that, but you look at teams like the Rangers. The Rangers, very good team, but do they have the mouth watering prospects like a Topi Niemla, like a Matthew Nyes? And I know this is going to be a lot of you know people listening to this that aren't from Leafs Nation here and saying, oh, you're overrating the heck out of those guys. But you saw them at the World Juniors. Like, they are very, very talented hockey players. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, they, how, how the Leafs manage their farm here and their youth because their window is starting to close a bit with this core. What do they do, right? And, you know, if you're telling me that I can get Patrick Kane for maybe 5.5 or a third team retained salary where I can get him at maybe 4 million or 3 million and I move out a Sandine 
um, my first round pick, Matthew Nyes, maybe a couple other prospects. And I, I go in next year with, you know, having Patrick Kane, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, Morgan Rath. Like, just look how deep that team is offensively. And I think it has the star power to push you, not even through the first round at that point, but to the Stanley Cup and potentially winning it. Yeah, I think you. I, I like. I I think I'm really open to that, because right now, when you know Matthews' contract is up and you know Marner's and Tavares, this core, I don't know how good a, a team that's relying on Niemla and Matthew Nyes and Hervonen and you know all these other prospects is gonna be right. Like to me, that that doesn't scream like they're gonna be what they are right now. And I think if you're gonna gamble right now. To make a trade for Patrick Kane with this team, I think you earn the trust of a guy like Austin Matthews. I think you bring back the core if you do that. And I think that provides a lot more good for the organization, showing that they are for real. And, you know, Patrick Kane, is it a fantasy ad? For sure. Is it realistic? Who knows? But, Mitch, would you give up the youth for Patrick Kane instead of Nylander then? Uh, no, I'd probably. Uh... Yeah, I'd probably give up the youth for sure. I think what Chicago's going to definitely want a first, a couple first round picks, at least a top prospect for sure. But if I'm the Leafs, if I'm trading for Kane, I'd want a bit of their salary retained. I want some of the salary retained by Chicago, maybe like fifty percent at least, if I'm giving up all that. So if the Leafs can get him at salary retained, that'd be good too. Uh, I really like Nylander, but my question is like, if you're going to put Kane on the right wing, like. Where are you putting? Where are you putting? Like, how does how does this like this plays a big role in Marner too? I think because like Marner and Matthews, they got good chemistry. But like, if Kane comes along, I'd put like Kane with Bunting and Matthews for sure. Then you slide Marner down maybe with Tavares. But now where does Nylander go? You just throw him on the third line like that? Like, how do you play that about? Well, you know, I, I would like I want Nylander on the third line next season. I know that is a hot take, but. Just to see, like, you know, towards the end of last year, you know, once we got close to the postseason, then eventually in the postseason, Nylander started playing a lot with Engvall and David Camp uh, as they moved up Mikheyev and some other pieces in the top six. But I like that because we finally started to see Nylander be able to drive his own line. And I think that's when you started to see the Leafs' strength with how much money they pay to their core really come in handy is having a Matthews and then a Tavares, and then having a Nylander, all on def- different lines. Each line for most of the game, you're playing a top talent. And, you know, I look at, I always bring up the Penguins, right? Because I look at Crosby and Malkin and Kessel when they went back to back. They had, their top nine was able to score at any point, at any given moment in playoff games. And when you have guys like Nylander, Matthews, Tavares, all split up on different lines, those guys are going to be able to do that. Why? Because I think they're very similar talents in that aspect to guys like Phil Kessel, if not better, um, for example. And John Tavares, I still think he's a point-per-game player at his age and given his play. So I still think he's a guy that you can rely upon. And if you spread out the depth, we see teams, when they're they when they're their mo- at their most successful uh, periods of time, you look at Colorado last year, the depth, right? So just the depth in scoring, I think that is why I'd want Nylander down there. But it's in, it's almost impossible to imagine a world where, you know, they they keep the core and then they could keep Patrick Kane too. I think they would have to gamble Patrick Kane for Nylander because I don't think you'd move Marner for that. I think that'd be that that wouldn't be something I would do either. Um, and I can't see you moving Tavares um, 
especially in a, a cane trade, that, that at that point doesn't make sense. The likelihood for this trade to happen, I would say, is well under 50%. Um, yeah, I'm not really buying the, the talk. There's obviously a lot of media people out there that are preaching this, and yes, it's the move. But, you know, the one thing that's kind of telling me, like, okay, don't shut this down completely yet, is the fact that Kyle Dubas is not afraid to pull the trigger. That is one of my favorite things about Dubas is there's a lot of talk about how, oh, he's tied to the farm system, um, all this. No, he's not. He's moved first-round picks. I don't think he's too shy to move uh, for NHL-ready talent, as a lot of people give him credit for. So if you look at the situation here, you know Matthew's contract situation. You have two seasons left. You add a guy like Patty Kane, and you extend Patty Kane after the season for a reasonable price. When the cap goes up, you give that to Matthews and you spread it out amongst the core for their new contracts. This team now not only has this two-year window to win the Stanley Cup, but then they have about five to six years at that point. And now you have Patty Kane. And maybe you structure this contract that it's so reasonable that you can have Patty Kane still performing when he's about 35, 36 years old. Because I still think he's got a lot left in the tank offensively. Defensively, a totally different you know question. But... Patty Kane here in Toronto, I, I think that would be so sick for sure. Is it realistic? I, I don't know. But Mitch, is Patrick Kane, do you think, going to be moved this year? Or is this just one of those overhyped things? I don't know about this year, but I think he'll be moved eventually. I just... Well, I they have to this year because, you know, it's contract up, right? So are they going to keep him or is he going to move in free agency? He's going to move. Like, I just, he's served his time in Chicago. Will he go to Toronto? I don't know. But he's going to, he's he's getting out of Chicago for sure. So, I I don't know where, uh, I think it'd be really cool actually to see him in Toronto. And, like, I think they can do it if they keep Nylander too. But just seeing him in Toronto play alongside Matthews would be really cool. But he's got, he'll be out of Chicago this year. And that will then spark the future of Taves too. Like, we just don't know. That's the thing. I, I think Taze is going to end up staying in Chicago because I just think he, you know, it's a different standard to that organization with Taze. It's a whole different, um, you know, conversation, and especially with his production. But, you know, you look at Kane, right? There's always been the talk about him going to Buffalo. Maybe acquire Kane at the deadline for a bit of a cheaper cost than me and Mitch are talking about, something a little bit more realistic where maybe it's a first-round pick, a prospect, and an NHL-ready player right now. And then he leaves in free agency to go to Buffalo, right? You know, maybe that is more realistic. I don't, like I said, I don't want to shut it down completely because, you know, Kyle Dubas, he's just not afraid to do, like, the most unthinkable things. And maybe they go out and pull the trigger for a guy like Patty Kane. I Do I see it happening? No. But it, it would be cool. It, it would be certainly cool. Um, but, Mitch, I got to ask you, you know, we're getting closer to the end of this episode here. It's, it's a shorter one, just trying to wrap our heads around the Kane to Toronto talk. Would you, would, if, if the Kane conversations didn't work out and you brought up Jonathan Taze, would you add Jonathan Taze? You're thinking about this one, aren't you? Taze. I can't see, no, I, Taze, Taze won't leave Chicago. Taze won't leave Chicago. I, Kane, I could see, I can't see Taze leaving Chicago. He roll him right out of the mix. He's I can't see him leaving Chicago. One thing I is I can't though, picture that guy well, on a We can tell that he's frustrated with the rebuild. I, I think there's an 
under 50% chance that he leaves Chicago. I don't think it's likely, but, you know, you look at Taze, his salary, the $10 million. You know, what if you trade it with another, like, here we go again. I wouldn't take on his $10 million. No, 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 but what if we did, like, a three-team trade here where, you know, you maybe give up a first-round pick for him, but you kind of get him at a way, way, way cheaper cost. You add a center that has won three Stanley Cups that is very good. Uh, at both ends of the ice when he's on his game. You kind of hope to capture a little bit out of what he used to be. Um, and for your playoff run, I think a guy like Patty Kane is a guy that the Maple Leafs could certainly use here in Toronto because, you know, you slide him onto your left winger, onto Tavares' line. Perhaps you put him on the top line with Matthews and draw bunting. Or you can use him as your third-line center, right? He's a versatile player. I think he would help your penalty kill and he could help your power play as well if you can get that real taste that we saw beforehand and I, I think it'd be I think it's an underrated kind of topic right like imagine like again taste is gonna be a free agent after this year so maybe he kind of does like what Placanic did coming for the playoff run then signs back in Chicago accelerates the rebuild as they get their first round pick from Toronto and who knows right maybe he wants to go win one more Stanley Cup he takes that risk that gamble one last time do I think he is what he used to be no chance. No, he's not the same player. But do I believe he's a shell of his former self? I don't think so. I think last year he struggled. The team wasn't good. Um, they weren't really playing to win. Uh, at, you know, a large point of that, large parts of that season. And look at his line mates as well. Right, not as good as they used to be. He was a very, very good hockey player. Very, very good in the advanced analytics metric. Who knows? Maybe in a lesser role here in Toronto, where he doesn't have to be the star that he's being pressured to be in Chicago, maybe that works better for him. Maybe him being that third-line center behind Matthews and Tavares, it's a dream, I think. Yeah. like he's a, I think he's a, I would still consider him a top-end third-line center for sure. But, you know, I think that's a, I think that'd be a, a cool add. And, you know, people are talking about Patty Kane. So I think it, I think Jonathan Tate's a little bit more realistic than Patty Kane. What do you think? I'd rather Kane though. That's the thing. Okay, I, I'm not comparing the two players. Kane no, is still. I, 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 no, I, I don't know. I can see like, I can see Kane for sure leaving Chicago. To Toronto, I actually, I'd rather see Kane in Toronto than Taze. I just, I don't know. Kane and Matthews together. It's that's something else. I, I won't go for like. I'd go for Taze, but like. I'd rather Kane if I had the option. That's the thing. So and well, like Taze be a third line center there, like in Toronto. But I guess yeah, I could see him actually wanting to go for one more cup. That's the thing. Like Chicago, they really they screwed up their rebuild hard. Like I know, like at least like you compare them and like it's just I just think it's it's just so screwed up over there. So I just I wouldn't like. I would bank on him getting out, but I won't bank on him coming going back to Chicago. That's the thing. So, it's a very, very I'd say under fifty percent that uh, Kane will go to, or Taze will go to Toronto. I can see Kane. Kane's a little more realistic. It's a sixty forty thing for me. Like there's a sixty percent chance I could see Kane going to Toronto, and then forty I could see going Taze going to Toronto. Now here's the thing. I think both are unrealistic ads. Obviously, the cap here in Toronto is a different story. We know the core here, not a lot of space, not a lot of room to work with, but Kyle Dubas is a cap master. We know his work with Britta. They always somehow find a way to make it happen. Patty Kane in the blue and white would be so sick. My brother Justin would be loving that for sure. Um, but, you know, I just don't, like, 
it's hard. How do you put stock into this, right? You know, it, it seems like it's a fantasy ad. I think there's a lot more realistic targets out there. Like, I think Tay's a little bit more realistic after the things I mentioned. You know, you can make that three-team trade happen where you give up a first-round pick and a prospect. Um, you know, then you get Patty Kane as your third line. I mean, sorry, Jonathan Tay is your third-line center that can also play on that left wing. Kind of that role that what we have with Kerfoot. Now, I know that sounds the way I'm describing it a lot to Kerfoot. I don't know how long Kerfoot's going to stay here in Toronto. He could be traded by, you know, the second we end this podcast recording. Um, you know, but that's a guy that, you know, I, I see that kind of build, and I think that's an upgrade, Jonathan Tate over Kerfoot, because, you know, maybe it's not as much of an upgrade as people think with the name and the play on the ice, but just the leadership in the locker room. And, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, like Taze and the Hawks organization has looked awful lately. Rightly so, like that organization was it was just a mess, and it's hard to talk about what they did. Um, and you know, absolutely ashamed of uh, that organization. But you know, Taze, in terms of um, competition level, he's he's been a good leader in that aspect. And you know, I think him coming here where he doesn't have to be that full time voice in the locker room, where he could kind of just be a mentor to the youth, right? Guys like Alex Steves and. Um, you know, potentially the even the younger prospects like a, a Matthew Nyes, if he made his uh, surprising run at the end of the year next year, I think he could kind of show them the way. Um, and you know, he's also been in the Hawks media, which is you know for the last decade or so they've been one of the better franchises in hockey. So you know, the media's always been uh, very hard on that team, and you know he has that kind of skill set where I think he could survive when the pressure's on in the big picture. And hopefully he's kind of changed his ways and, um, you know, this summer he's starting to get back to his old habits and stuff like that, uh, play-wise, because I still think that Taser's got stuff to give. I think he's just been caught up in some bad luck and uh, I'm not making any excuses for what he's done in his past, but, you know, just the player himself in terms of his play on the ice, I think the fit here in Toronto is very overlooked. and. You know, Patrick Kane would be awesome, but I, I just can't really see it. Like, it would be so cool. It would, like, imagine that power play, Tavares, Nylander, Matthews, Marner. Like, you, even when you pull the goal, you Morgan Riley's on the ice. Like, that is just a guaranteed goal at that point. Like, there is just too much firepower. And for sure, this team would easily blow by the first round, in my opinion. Why? Because even Kane, the leadership he's going to bring um, from his cup runs, you bring him here now to Toronto with Austin Matthews like that is just a dream combo but you know there's teams to watch in this the New York Rangers could easily outbid the Leafs um, you know like I said the Columbus Blue Jackets they look like they're starting to half compete they're not going full full all in but you know they have some very good prospects perhaps they offer Chicago a Ken Johnson or something um, for Patty Kane perhaps that trade could go through or maybe you know some under the radar teams maybe a team that's looking for some firepower in those win-now modes, like a Boston Bruins or Pittsburgh Penguins, something completely unrealistic, Colorado Avalanche. Maybe they go out west and they kind of make something surprisingly happen. It's going to be interesting to see because, you know, Chicago is a very interesting interesting team this year in terms of pieces and how they're going to move them. Um but is there anything else you want to add on this uh, Chicago topic? I think I'm good. I think uh, I'm really look, 
looking forward to see the Kane uh, sweepstakes, though. I think it'd be inter it'd be really cool to see him in Toronto, but I really don't see it happening. That's the thing. I just don't see any fit for Kane right now. But if if I could make it happen, I'd do it in a snap of a finger. So, but I just think I agree with you. I could see New York in the sweepstakes. Columbus are really sleeper on this one. I know them going out of the way getting Gaudreau. I can only imagine Kane too. So. But well, if he's coming to, with regards to coming to Toronto, I just I just don't see him coming here. That's the thing. So it'd be cool, but I just can't see it happening, unfortunately. All right, I think that's all from us today here at the Battle Born Beast Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back with you guys again soon. I know what I see.